0: Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today.
1: The New York Knicks look good. The Jets are starting someone at quarterback on Thursday. We'll find out who. And the Eagles will need to go through the 49ers if they want to make it back to the Super Bowl. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Sports Today. Searching all major sports.
0: Found. Let's start with the biggest story.
1: Coming into this NBA season, one could be forgiven for thinking the New York Knicks were a bit aimless. They'd given Jalen Brunson a four-year, $104 million deal, and it looked like they were bringing essentially the rest of the team back. And the first mm, month and a half of the season played out that way until the last two weeks Last night the New York Knicks took care of the Golden State Warriors 132 to 94. No, that's not a misprint. No, I didn't misspeak. 132 to 94. It was their eighth straight win. They're now 18 and 13 and look like a potential playoff team in the East. Joining me now, Alex Wolf from Locked on Knicks. And, and Alex, what has been the key to this this two weeks for the Knicks when they've just been excellent?
2: Yeah, I mean, you bring up so you bring up Brunson. He's been the constant all year uh and you know that goes back to even when the knicks weren't playing as well to start the season you know he's he's been great the entire year he's been worth every penny i think most knicks fans didn't really bat an eyelash at the deal that he was given because if you've been a fan of this team long enough you understand that great point guard play is priceless <laughs> yeah and uh so you know it, it it's it was always sort of a good deal for the Knicks because he was at the very least baseline competent and at the very best, if he started showing more like what he showed in the playoffs last year without Luca on the Mavericks, when, when Luca was hurt, then you might really have something on your hands. It's it's looked pretty much like that uh, for most of this year, but specific to the eight game win streak. One thing is Tom Thibodeau shortened his rotation which has been useful uh, in the sense that it's forced him in a weird way, even though he was the one behind the change to uh, experiment with different combinations of players more now. So he's now, you know, giving RJ Barrett more run with the second unit, which gives RJ more looks as the primary option against, you know, the other team's bench, which is easier for him to exploit. Uh, The other thing would be the youth infusion. Like, you know, Tibbs uh, unglued Deuce McBride from the bench. He's been playing Quentin Grimes starters minutes and and starting him throughout this whole thing. Uh, he has been also uh, playing good minutes for Emmanuel quickly. Uh, and also Obi Toppin, when he's healthy, is is getting a decent amount of run. And he's been giving the Randall and and Toppin uh, you know, lineup a, a look, you know, more than he ever has before. So all those things kind of add up to. You know, I think it's just these young players are kind of ready to go. They, whether it's Randall is energizing them or they're sort of inspiring and energizing Randall, whatever the causality is there, Randall is playing a lot better. Brunson is playing as amazing as he has. And that's, that's been the story. It's, and it's a really fun ride right now. If you're a Knicks fan with this eight game win streak,
1: if you look at the top six teams in the Eastern Conference, and there is a clear delineation right now, six teams have positive point differentials. The Knicks are one of them, and they actually have a better point differential than the team that they share a borough with, the Brooklyn Nets. They are in the sixth spot right now. So if the playoffs started today, they'd be in good shape to be in and avoid the play-in. But what is what is the ceiling for this team? Can can they be a team that, that gets a home playoff series, wins a playoff series, that kind of thing?
2: Man, I don't want to get too, like... No, come on. Let's get ahead of ourselves. Let's get ahead of ourselves. Let's do it. <laughs> I don't want to get too big for my britches because I it, the same thing happened two years ago where the Knicks went on a big win streak. Granted, it was later in the season, so it, it more coincided with like they went on this nine game win streak that surprise propelled them into the four seed two years ago. And then everybody was riding that high going into the postseason being like, man, how far can the Knicks go? I struggle to say that I think that they'll end up like hosting a playoff series, which would mean they would have to crack the top four. I would not be surprised if they hold in the top six.
1: Stay up to date all year on the New York Knicks by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Knicks on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the Jets have a quarterback for Thursday. Just might not be the one they want to play. Before we get to that, the Phoenix Suns' next owner has emerged. Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your gambling needs. The Milwaukee Bucks are on the road to face the Cleveland Cavaliers on Wednesday. This is a good one. The Bucks may have the league's best record, but Bet Online likes the Cavs at home by two. Interesting. The Toronto Raptors head to the Big Apple to take on the New York Knicks, the streaking New York Knicks. BetOnline isn't worried about back-to-back games for the Knicks and have them favored by one. And the Chicago Bulls are in Atlanta to face the Hawks. Bet online likes the Hawks by seven. Bet online, where the game starts.
0: Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The
1: Phoenix Suns are finally beginning to move past Robert Sarver. Adrian Wojnarowski reported Tuesday afternoon that billionaire mortgage lender Matt Ishbia has agreed to purchase the majority stake of the Phoenix Suns and Mercury for a record four billion with a B dollars. Running clean from Locked On Suns has more.
0: The Robert Sarver era is over for the Phoenix Suns as the team will reportedly be sold to billionaire mortgage lender Matt Ishbia, according to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, for a record $4 billion. We knew this price tag would be high. We thought the process would last a lot longer, up to six to nine months. Was what was originally out there, but now Matt and his brother Justin Ishbia will become the leading governors of this franchise, spending a heaping sum of money to end Robert Sarver's tenure in Phoenix. It appears this will be a majority sale. Robert Sarver had the power to do that, and if so, it will usher in a brand new State of Affairs, a, a really remarkable transformation is possible now for this franchise. We've heard for years that this team, this market was a small market, but we know it's not. And this deep-pocketed ownership group has the chance to overhaul everything we know.
1: After initial reports had his injury keeping him out a few weeks, Jalen Hurts is not being ruled out by Nick Sirianni. The Eagles head
2: coach said as much on Tuesday. Um, he's at a sprained shoulder. And I do not put it past Jalen Hurts. I don't put anything past Jalen Hurts um, as far as his mental and physical toughness. So there's a chance he could play this week. And so um, he is one of the toughest guys I know. Um, and he heals fast. He's a free. His body is not like, pardon me, yours or mine, right? And so I'm, I'm shaming myself there a little bit too. His body's not like ours. Um, he heals fast. I didn't. He came back fast from his injury last year. Um, and you know, I don't, I don't, I will not rule him out. I will not put a timetable on him. Um, and we'll see. We'll see what happens this week. But both guys will be, he'll be ready to go if, if he can play this week, and so will uh, so will Gardner. Could be gamesmanship, could be something more. The Baltimore
1: Ravens passing game, not great. It's in samples. Let the record show that no one is surprised. In an effort to breathe life into it, the Ravens claimed receiver Sammy Watkins off waivers from Green Bay on Tuesday. Baltimore bringing back Watkins with the hope that he'll improve the NFL's sixth worst passing attack and help an offense that hasn't scored a touchdown in the past seven quarters. This also comes as the Ravens placed receiver Devin DuVernay on IR after he suffered an injury to his right foot in practice and could barely put any weight on it. Watkins will try to revive a receiving core that ranks dead last in the NFL in receiving yards and hasn't caught a touchdown since week three. It turns out when you trade your best receiver and do nothing to replace him, your already lackluster receiving group is pretty bad. Turns out. The Chicago Bulls and Miami Heat squared off at FTX Arena on Tuesday night. You might want to look into naming rights there.
3: The Chicago Bulls are finally able to jump back in the win column. I'm Pat, the designer from Locked On Bulls. We've had everything from beef, locker room blowups, getting 150 points dropped on us, fights in the locker room, everything that you can imagine leading up to this Miami Heat game. But the Bulls do finally get the win versus the Miami Heat, 113-103 listen and they just finally came out and it looked like they took the fight that they had in the locker room and brought it onto the court now granted right no jimmy butler in this game does make a big difference but finally playing through the big man going down to nikola Vucevic, he did a lot of great things down low but also facilitating the ball back out to find open shots it's the bulls offense we've been hoping for let's see if it continues me and Hayes will be breaking all that down and more over on locked on bulls so stay tuned with us and check us out over there
1: the Memphis Grizzlies took on the Denver Nuggets in a mile-high matchup. John
4: Moran to the Memphis Grizzlies had a massive performance on Tuesday night, taking on the Denver Nuggets in Denver, but it was not enough as he essentially scored almost seemingly all the points for his team, whereas the Denver Nuggets had a surprising team performance. I'm Joe Molinax of Locked Grizzlies, and no Jamal Murray, no Michael Porter Jr. for the Denver Nuggets. And yet, it was Denver that had all five starters in double figures. Nikola Jokic, a very impressive showing with 13 points, 13 assists, and 13 rebounds. But notice the points. He only scored 13. Aaron Gordon, Bruce Brown, other Nugget players contributed on the offensive end, whereas John Morant's 35 points on 26 shots looks impressive. A double-double with 10 assists, but no other Grizzly starter other than Dylan Brooks scored 11 points, and that was on 14 shots for DB. Ja cannot do it alone. In this game, he was tasked with that, and we saw what the end result is when Morant doesn't have
1: help. And on the ice, the Seattle Kraken hosted the St. Louis Blues.
4: Happy holidays, Seattle hockey fans. The Seattle Kraken get a 5-2 win over the St. Louis Blues Tuesday night. That's their first-ever franchise win against St. Louis and how sweet it was five different goal scorers 11 different players hit the score sheet ryan donato continues his streak martin jones with what allison lucan believes will be a quality start when all the stats are in and calculated. This was a good win from Seattle, but as Martin Jones said briefly after the game, there's still more to be improved. We'll talk about it all on Wednesday's episode of Locked on Kraken.
0: Here is another story you need to know.
1: Zach Wilson returned to the starting lineup for the New York Jets on Sunday against the Detroit Lions. Had a chance late to pull that game out. Couldn't do it, and now... The 7-7 and Jets have a date with the red-hot Jacksonville Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence has played as well as anyone over the last six or so weeks. But the Jets fighting for a playoff berth nonetheless. John Butchko from Locked on Jets joins me now. And and John, what does this team need with a run game we know is solid, a defense we know can perform and keep them in these games? What do they need from Wilson in a game like this against a Jaguars team that eh, we think is going to score some points? You
5: know, what's been missing is Zach Wilson just executing the playbook. It's, it's funny because on Sunday against the Detroit Lions, Zach Wilson made a lot of really high-end plays. I mean, there was a lot of playmaking yeah. ability there. And it's kind of funny because you, I hear all these analysts saying that, well, Zach Wilson's the guy who makes the tough ones, but he misses the easy ones. That was true on Sunday. It really hasn't been true for the bulk of his NFL career. Sometimes when people say that, I feel like they're talking about the BYU Zach Wilson and not the Zach Wilson, because he's, <laughs> he's really struggled in both areas uh, so far this season. But if you watch that game against Detroit, again, there were, there were some really good highlight reel type plays, but he missed a lot of e- really easy throws. He made, he, made, he made the easy ones look very difficult. And that's one of the reasons he ended up on the bench, because Mike White's a much more physically limited quarterback than Zach Wilson. But when a guy schemed open, Mike White gets him the ball. And that's something that's been lacking from Zach Wilson so far this season. Look, if you're asking which player has the more impressive physical attributes, no question that Zach Wilson, much more mobility, a much bigger arm. But he just has struggled to identify the open guy, identify where the ball needs to go. As you said, a solid run game for the Jets, an excellent defense, a defense that really, even even though the Lions scored 20 points in that game, their offense really only accounted for 10 of those points. He had seven that were on the punt return. right? And then three, uh, three were set up by a Wilson interception. And they did that without their best player, Quinn and Williams. So I don't think they just need a ton from the quarterback. They just need them to execute the offense.
1: So if you were going to pick something and say, okay, if, if Zach Wilson could just do this thing, I'm going to give you a menu and you can go off menu if you want to. Reduce the bad plays. Make more of the easy plays. Or... Continue to make the high end plays, assuming everything else stays the same. Which of those, or you can add your your own, you know, your off menu item if you want. Make it animal style. Uh, what what would you, what one thing would you add? What what one present would you give to Zach Wilson for Christmas?
5: Make the easy plays because mm. this offense does a job scheming receivers open, and sometimes he's not identifying them. Sometimes his mechanics just fall apart. This offense is designed to make life easier for a quarterback. Just and I mean, if Zach Wilson had hit those plays, the Jets probably would have won the game. Zach Wilson could have thrown for 500 yards if he. Now that's also because he did make the difficult plays. So maybe we're going off menu a a little bit here, but (laughs) I just think you know that's. I think that's the biggest reason he ended up getting benched for Mike White is the Jets want want him to run the offense a certain way. He just hasn't been able to do it. I've again, I go back to some things I hear from analysts. They say, well, he's a home run hitter with a low average. Well, look at today's NFL if you compare the list of players with the highest yards per attempt averages at the quarterback position, and you compare them to the quarterbacks with the highest completion percentages, there's a lot of overlap in in that list. So it's really the today's NFL is all about, you know, just getting the ball out to your playmakers and letting them do what they do.
1: Stay up to date all year on the New York jets by subscribing to locked on sports today and locked on jets on the odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, why the Philadelphia Eagles need to be concerned about the San Francisco 49ers. Ever since week one, it seemed like the Eagles year. As Tony Wiggins and James Rapine point out, unlocked on
6: NFL, though, they're going to have to deal with the 49ers. I do believe in the Eagles. I think they're for real. But I do think there's a monster out there that is a matchup nightmare for them. And that's the San Francisco 49ers. And the reason why is because the 49ers are the one team that can afford to do the thing that we saw the Eagles struggle against, and that is be patient and run the football. Most teams can't do that because they, the Eagles score so many points they can't keep up. Well, the 49ers have great defense. So you, it ain't like you're going to go into San Francisco and, and pump 35 out. That ain't going to happen. And we saw mm-hmm. even the Rams struggle with them last year, and we saw Aaron Rodgers only get 10 points in a playoff game against them. They are so good defensively that it allows them offensively to be patient and maybe even have an opportunity to do the one thing that Philly has shown they have an Achilles heel with, and that is if somebody's willing to sit there and pound the ball 40 times down their throat. So now, to Philly's credit, shout out to Lou DiBiase also, to Philly's (laughs) credit of Locked On Eagles, but to, to Philly's credit, after the Washington game, they did something about it. They went and got about 700 pounds of beef. Like and, that, overnight. And, yep. and it, seemed like they, it seemed like they, at halftime, they called them. We sent in a jet to you, and Dominic and Sue, and we sent in a jet to you, Linzel Joseph. And like instantly, they had 700 pounds of prime wagyu ready to sit right in the, in the middle of that defensive line. And mm-hmm. the results look like they're panning out. Now, when they do that, I think they suffer a little bit on the pass rush side where Javon Hargrove has 10 sacks and Fletcher Cox is still Fletcher Cox on the interior. I just think that it sets up so well for San Francisco that has a rookie quarterback that while they trust him, they don't trust him as much in the playoffs as they do a veteran where the 49ers say, "Okay, you know what? If we got to win by running the football and doing play action and little Debo here, if he comes back and some McCaffrey here and some Kittle here. But lean on our defense, we're perfectly fine in doing that. And that's the only thing that I think could get in their way of going to the Super Bowl. The
1: 49ers do this every year. They trick us into believing that they're not a contender because of quarterback questions. And then all they do is win a bunch of games with a quarterback that you're going, wait, how exactly is this happening? Even if it's Jimmy Garoppolo and that's all they do is win with Jimmy G under center. Now it's Brock Purdy and all they're doing is winning. This team is built for the postseason, They have the best defense in the league, and frankly, it's not close. They can disrupt with four. They can cover in the back end, take away the middle of the field. Fred Warner is the most disruptive middle of the field defender in the league. And on offense, Brock Purdy has been great. We've heard Brian Peacock from Locked On 49ers say on this show that he is playing right now the best a 49ers quarterback has played in the Kyle Shanahan era. Maybe that's not sustainable in the postseason. But when we see them win games last year with Jimmy Garoppolo with one arm, that is enough to make me go, until a team proves that they can beat them in the postseason, it's kind of hard for me to go, yeah, this other team is definitely better than them. Plus, the skill players right now in San Francisco are better than they've ever been with Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle. All of that talent didn't even mention Brandon Ayuk, an offensive line with maybe the best offensive lineman of his generation in Trent Williams, who they use as a weapon. And of course, they have the ultimate weapon in Kyle Shanahan, who is the scheme lord for a reason. To me, they're the favorites. I know what the record says. The San Francisco 49ers are the favorites in the NFC. And finally, I will spare you the Arnold Schwarzenegger impression, but. Just try and hear it in his voice. Get to the chopper. I can neither confirm nor deny if this was said, but Messi and the Argentinian national team had to be extracted from their World Cup celebration parade via helicopter. The crowd that gathered to celebrate the country's championship was so large that Buenos Aires came to a standstill. Messi and the players had to abandon an open top bus before they could even arrive at the parade's scheduled ending point because the crowds had completely blocked the path, estimated by local media at four million people. With social media footage showing some fans trying to jump onto the team's bus when it passed under a bridge, the planned eight-hour journey was cut short due to security fears, and people fretted about Tom Brady throwing the Super Bowl trophy over the water a few years ago. I think this, this beats that. This sounds like a Tom Cruise movie. They should make this movie. Netflix has already bought the rights, I'm sure. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, will the Jags continue to roll? So at
6: least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.